Hey everybody, it's Matt with the DPI Podcast. Um, we are fighting through a lot of technical issues tonight, so if you do have OBS Studio, make sure it's um, not crashing on you, because that's what happened tonight with me and OBS Studio crashed, uh, my Stream Deck crashed, the whole freaking thing crashed on me. So, um wasn't a great start to tonight, but we've got a lot going on. Um, we're going to talk about annual passes at Disneyland. We're going to talk about um, some hope maybe in the French Pavilion. And we're going to talk about an insane line at a bakery over the weekend. So um, stick with me. And we are going to bring on Peter here in a second and talk about these things. But let's talk about a few of our uh, social media accounts real quick. And I've got to figure out where this actually is. Yeah, this is going to look terrible. <laughs> so, social media. Uh, definitely want to check us out on Facebook if you see us here. You're on our Facebook page at DPI Podcast. On Twitter, at Disney Insights. Um, also on YouTube, the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. And you've had, if you checked it out over the weekend, you saw your favorite ride, my favorite ride, Peter's favorite ride, everybody's favorite ride, It's a Small World, has been posted in all of its 4K glory. Um, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so definitely check that out over on the YouTube page. Also, something that we've been trying to push a little bit this year is the photography side of the um, show. And if I can find, this is going to be ridiculous today. Okay. 
So if you go over to um, our photography page now, we actually have one, and it's through Viewbug. It's dpiphotography.viewbug.com, and you can check out a bunch of the Disney photography. You can check out some of the IndyCar photography that I've done, um, and we're going to be adding to this throughout the year and in the coming years. Um, I think it's something that when we went back and we looked at it, it's something that we're really passionate about, and we're going to be doing a little bit more for with that. And if you see anything on there you like, definitely reach out to us and see if it's available for sale. Um, we haven't really done any of the letting the sale stuff go on the prints, but if you are interested in any of the pictures, definitely reach out to us on the DPI podcast um, page, and we can let you know if it's something that we can do. With that being said, and now that Peter has left his camera, I'm going to bring on Peter with Princess and the Mouse Disney Travel, and we're going to talk some Disney stuff. So, I'll let you know. And there's no Peter. I'm here. He's here. <laughs> hey, Peter. Um, from the other side of the room saying something oh, to yeah, your I'm daughter. Here, How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well, other than the massive technical issues that we uh, decided we wanted to have today. It is... My wife wants your Pottery Barn light, just so you know. What's that? My wife saw your light, and now I think it's going to be the newest addition into this room that I'm currently building. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Yeah, I told a- her, why do you need a Pottery Barn light when you have this? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, anyway. I, 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 don't, I can't answer that question. I can't answer <laughs> the question. <laughs> um, so I guess the biggest news that we have that came out of the parks since we talked last was oh, uh, Disneyland and the um, the removal of the annual passes. Yeah, um, got that got that release. Uh, sent it along to you. What was that? I think it was Wednesday. Because, yeah, either Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, yeah, I know it was right after we did the show last week. Um, but yeah, basically. Disneyland is uh, prorated refunding their pass holders and have sunsetted the program for now. So I don't know. I mean, I get I get what sunsetting means, but um, I don't I don't know. I think this is a really big tell that they have no idea when Newsom is going to come on board with opening back up in a way more than being a vaccination site. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, you know, Disney, Disney world kind of paused the, um, the purchase of new annual passes. If you're a current annual pass holder, you can renew, but as far as new annual passes, they've kind of paused that. But for Disneyland to basically completely shut down the annual pass program altogether and just put it on a straight hold, I mean, it is real telling on 
where Disney feels California is at and where Gavin New- where Disney feels Gavin Newsom is at in regards to opening up the parks within any time. Um, with that being said, do you see anything similar happening at Disney World just because um, there is some outcry about the renewal of annual passes with what's going on a lot of people are letting them expire is it just time for disney to reset all annual passes boy i don't know if i've uh thought about that i will tell you that i had annual passes that expired in january of 2020 and i chose not to renew them with the unsure aspect of what was going on Um, We didn't really have any trips planned, but I did plan to buy new ones, you know, before the next time we were going down, basically when they expire, I let them sit for a couple of months and then I rebuy them so that I get a new year, especially living way out of state. It just makes more sense than keeping them current and, and essentially, you know, effectively losing three to four months in the park at a time. Yeah. Um, So I just, I'll let them lapse for three or four months and then I'll buy them again. And then, and people will go, well, don't you not get the discount? Yeah. But again, I, I think it either becomes a push or, or money ahead. If, if I don't lose three to four months in the park, if I'm talking about, you know, the difference between going for spring break and then the next soonest time that I maybe go after mid March is June. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, but when I went down for fall break, I actually tried really hard to reinitiate my my annual pass. And um, I even tried to, like, escalate myself up the line, and it just it just wasn't happening. So I don't know. I, I feel like this is a personal thing, but I don't feel like Disney World is, is going to do the same thing that Disneyland did on this front. Um, just because at this point – it is up to the pass holder what they'd like to do. Over in Disneyland, the pass holders didn't have choices. There, there's, there are no choices being given. Um, and if this is even more telling, you want to talk about like Disneyland um, will even, you have to go through the channels and stuff, but I believe that Disneyland is even willing to offer ticket refunds. Um so like if you just purchase tickets, normally Disney policy is that you have cash value for the rest of, you know, so even if they lapse, they still have cash value towards new tickets. Um, but you can actually get refunds on still valid paid for tickets, um, which normally you would, would never be able to do. So yeah, I don't think it's the same at Disney World because exactly like you said, pass holders are choosing what they want to do because there are many pass holders as well that are enjoying the parks. I'm in several groups with them who are still going once a week, you know, a couple times a month, whatever that are loving their annual passes. So is the annual pass number down? Sure. But do I see Disney world moonlighting it? No, because the parks are open. Yeah, and I, I think not you have, sunsetting it. Not yeah, yeah, and, and I think you have something there. You know, Disney World, in all essence, was closed for four months. Um, Disneyland is coming up on a year. I mean, you figure we are 
10 months in now of this closure and there's there's no opening date in sight for Disneyland. So uh it just it, it's a weird a weird situation um and for Disneyland fans once the park does reopen it's something that we do see coming back the annual passes um but I think it's just because you know there hasn't been a chance for anybody to go to the park in 10 months they've just kind of cut their losses and said hey you know we're giving you your value that you had left on your pass and moving on so next thing I want to talk about and we've talked about it uh, in the last few episodes is the France Pavilion at Epcot. Um, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is all but open from what we can tell. I mean, last week they removed the front set of walls, put some shrubbery up. This week they moved the shrubbery um, to reveal more walls. But you can get back to the new bathrooms back there. And God love the Disney bloggers that are in Orlando because, damn, they made a trail back to those bathrooms really quick. Um, So, seeing the bathrooms, they look like the bathrooms at the Riviera. I mean, French French theme, really nice. Um, And they kind of replace the bathrooms that are closing for a while in Morocco for refurbishment. So, Peter, uh, I've got to ask the question... When are we going to see Ratatouille open? Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. I think our day in Epcot is the 28th, 27th, or 28th of February. Uh huh. And if it's not by then, I might get a lifetime ban of Disney World <laughs> in, my, in my efforts to make it happen. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know unless there's something again, we, we have not seen in the building, but I believe that, um, what, what was she on Instagram or TikTok? Uh, TikTok, I think. TikTok. Yeah. Um, so I, I believe in her experience, I thought she got to ride the ride. So, um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she just got, you know, first access into that area yeah and to kind of see it but i thought during her day they uh took her on a ride of it but but maybe there's something going on in that building maybe it's not quite right they're still working out the programming of the vehicles because um but i just can't believe that because you're talking when did they close the chinese theater and the great movie ride to when did mickey's mickey and minnie runaway railway open up it was like 10 months, I thought. Yeah, we're at least... Now, granted, they had to build the entire building structure, whereas Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway was able to use pre-existing construction. But, I mean, we're at least at that point by now, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Because it was it was supposed to open summer of last year. Right. They They started building the building back in, like, late 2019, I think. Yeah. Because we th- um, we thought there there was going to be a strong chance that it would be open, um, when we went in July. Yeah, and we were the same for fall break. I was like, well, we're gonna. I know you didn't get it in July. We're definitely gonna get it in fall break. Yeah. And then, right before we went for fall break, they were like, nah, twenty twenty one. And then you were like, well, there goes Christmas too. 
Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 you know, it's, it's been one of those, and, and the same thing with space 220, you know, who knows what construction delays have kind of put it back other outside of COVID, you know, you have COVID in the mix, but then you have all these other construction de- delays like space 220, one of the custom made glass panels broke and it took them forever to get that replaced. Then their um, their head chef decided he didn't want to come on board. There were just a lot of things that happened that, you know, are out of control. And we're still waiting on Space 220. We're still waiting on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. I, it just... A lot of waiting games over in Epcot right now. Yeah, I want both of those things, though. <laughs> that's, all, that's about all I can tell you about that. So speaking um, of waiting, um, some people did some waiting on <laughs> Saturday morning. Yeah, they uh, did. <laughs> so I, I woke up and I was I was kind of milling around the computer and I was watching the tweets and the and the Facebook posts that were coming out of Gideon's Bakehouse. And um, when it was all said and done and they cut off the line, they had estimated that the wait for cookies was eleven hours. Oh my good golly. Uh, Would you wait in line 11 hours for anything? No. No, I wouldn't. That was like uh, when Hagrid's motorbike adventure opened at Universal. People were waiting like they would get there at park open and wait till like 6, 7 p.m. Like that's not worth it. (laughs) There's, There's like, I'm sorry, but... I don't know if there's very few things in this world that I would be willing to wait for, but I'm a very impatient person because I'm sure some of those other people are like, it was totally worth it. I got this cookie. 11 hours for a cookie. Right. I'll go have, I'll go have, uh, go have 12 cookies that are way worse than that. And then enjoy the other 10 hours of my life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, so we had talked about how Gideon's did do a soft opening to kind of gauge how popular the place was going to be, then shut down, did some retooling, and then they have this cluster Saturday morning. Now, the nice thing is I haven't heard anything about weights any other day since. So everybody came on opening day to blog about the cookies, and then there hasn't been really much of a wait since from what I've seen. This is why we have to move to Orlando because this podcast is just inferior to all the others because they were there for cookies. I, I guess. We I mean, we weren't. <laughs> so we get for being a couple of guys in Indiana trying to do a podcast about Orlando. But, it's, but, but here's the thing. I, I wouldn't even do that myself. I'd hire somebody to go stay in the, I read the other day that there's a guy that has a thou- like thousands of clients that he gets paid to like go do nothing with them, like just sit in their house with them doing nothing, just so they have company. <laughs> like, so that's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah I, it, um. Let's see. So let let's jump on the rumor mill here and and move over to Animal Kingdom. So rumor has been going around, it started this weekend, gaining some steam this week that there's the possibility of an addition to Animal Kingdom in the form of 
bringing in Zootopia theming to the park. Um, now, granted, Zootopia is a world of animals, but do you think that would fit in Animal Kingdom? And do you like them bringing more and more IP into these parks that weren't built on IP? You know, Magic Kingdom was, but the other three parks weren't. And slowly and steadily, Disney is packing in the IP at these other parks to to let people see the characters and see the movies they know. I mean, what what do you think about this? Well, so there's a couple of different thoughts that come up as you talk about that. So first of all, Animal Kingdom is the largest park. All right. So in terms of like square footage and walkways and all of that stuff, it is the largest park. And unless I'm incorrect, it is the lowest attended park. Correct and correct. I, so believe. I think I'm correct on both of those. I'm yes. pretty sure it is the largest park and I'm, I'm, uh, I know it's the lowest attended park. Um, so with that being said, with the advent of Pandora, you saw a tremendous spike and leveling off of animal kingdom attendance to where today animal kingdom attendance is, I mean, obviously today COVID aside and all of that stuff, um, Animal Kingdom average attendance spiked and leveled, but is still much higher than it was previously um, due to the addition of the world of Pandora. Yes. Now, the amazing thing about Pandora is it kind of fit, like you were talking about, into the overall feel of Animal Kingdom. You've got dinosaurs, now you've got Pandora, and then you've got some continents where you're able to move around and see some, some animals and and get the sort of uh, beefed up zoo feel in that yeah. area. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, there are a lot of ways to bring it in to where it's not gimmicky. So I think where it would go in is to the left of Lion King um, over where they're building the new Club 33. Okay. So... I would guess that that would be the place that makes the most sense. It has a lot of space. It's over there to the to the left and back. They have a lot of land back there. Um, the other place where I could see it going is filling in uh, or, or going maybe like they're retooling Rafiki's Planet Watch. There's all of like that area back there. Now, I know a lot of that is animal houses and zookeeper quarters and, and all of that stuff. Um, but I, Animal Kingdom has a tremendous amount of space. And so would I be on board with it? It depends what they're trying to do. Are they trying to make another Galaxy's Edge or another Pandora? In which case, I don't know. It might be kind of neat to see the different zones and have like the ability to move between, you know, the different zones because you had the, I'm, I'm trying to remember all the ins and outs of Zootopia, but you had the you know you had the arctic area and you had the jungle area and you had the the savannah area and you had like the tiny town area and uh-huh. and and all of that surrounding the downtown um so i mean that would be neat but i agree with you i think that would kind of draw away from the experience um however i mean if they hired shakira full time to sing gazelle songs i'd be on board i would love to go see shakira um 
performing as Gazelle. So <laughs> no, but my point with that is like, think about how they brought up in, you know, they brought up in and they brought Russell in as a wilderness explorer. So they tied that in and then they brought in the great bird show and made it a very nice educational show about different species of birds. Um, so I think there's an opportunity to where they could bring it in and turn it into a nice stage show or turn it into an immersive like learning experience. Uh-huh. But if they try to give me like a Zootopia Pandora, I, I don't know if I'd be on, I don't, I agree with you. I don't know if I'd be on board with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a lot to, it's a lot to think, you know, a, what, what do they do with like the dino land and, and that area? Do they retool that? I mean, cause I, I still don't know that that even fits into animal kingdom in any way. Um, well, especially the animals, it's like dinosaurs in any ride. The rest of the stuff is like cool. I'm at a carnival, um, and then the dig site was always great to grab a couple of beers and go sit down in the middle of the day while your kids run around. But you know that's gone for the time being. Yeah, I, I mean, I to to me it's more of a. I guess I, it feels like what they're doing in Epcot. Now, some of the stuff, I like what they're doing in Epcot. Some of the stuff I think is kind of like jamming these movies down our throats. And I think, you know, yes, there was a Ratatouille ride in the Paris Park. Now there's going to be a Ratatouille ride here. They don't necessarily have a place to put it, so they're putting it in the France Pavilion at Epcot. Um, Moana's getting jammed into Epcot. You know, it's not too long before Coco's going to take over the Mexico Pavilion. You know it's going to happen. It's I fully just, support that. Yeah, but it's 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 when is it going to happen? Yeah. So I've been, it's I've been saying that since Coco released. Yeah, it's so it's it, it's coming. All of this stuff is coming, but at what point do the parks lose? that feeling and you know hollywood studios is the same way when it opened very little ip now you look around lots of ip everywhere you look so i just i don't know where where do you start drawing the line are they going to draw a line and is this the only way that they feel like they can get more people in the park is by hey here's another movie here's another character experience Look what we're doing. Look how we're moving things forward. Well, you notice you did just actually say one of the iconic quotes from Walt Disney. Um, just side note. No, I, I know. And I did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's there's two arguments or two sides to that. And it's the same. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before. There are the purists who will say, don't touch my park. And then there are the new age who says, yes, absolutely. Like we talked about this with the Splash Mountain. Um, We talked about this with Ratatouille coming in. We talked about this with bringing in Star Wars and Avengers, you know, bringing in the Marvel and the Star Wars 
and even the Fox? Like how how long is it until you start to see like Simpsons? Like because they, I, I hope not. Like there there would be my draw the line. Like there there you go. There would be my draw the line. Um, I just if you talk about their original things. Um, I think what you're seeing right now is a shift towards the future generation because right now, if you look around, you have a lot of things in the parks that like Holly, let's talk about Hollywood tower of terror. You and I still remember that there was a twilight zone and even watched some of the twilight zone shows when we were kids. Correct. However, my kids will have, absolutely no knowledge of that even the kids i teach right like 20 somethings they don't know about twilight zone um you know it's just i think we're at the point where our parks are all you know 50 and 40 and you know what we could do the math real quick and figure out all the ages of the parks but yeah like our youngest park is what 20 25 years old yeah 95 Right. So that's our youngest park. Our youngest park is 25 years old. And at some point I get what you're saying, but the nostalgia exists for us and up. The nostalgia doesn't exist for what's coming and what's going to soon be raising kids in 10 years and what's soon going to be coming to the parks. So in order to get those people to come to the parks, you need Princess and the Frog, Moana, Frozen, Coco, because that's what 20-somethings grew up with, right? Now, you're never going to take away the classics. You're never going to take away Cinderella, Snow White, the things that started it all, Peter Pan. Exactly, but, but if you use but if you use that as your benchmark, Magic Kingdom opens in, you know, 71. Okay. Yep. So at that point, Cinderella is 40 years old at that point. The movie Cinderella was made in the 30s, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, no. Early, no, that... early 50s. Yeah, that, that sounds closer. Okay. So let's, let's, say, let's say early 50s. That, that's still, that still works in this because... So the park opens in 71. You're basing it around characters. You have Snow White. You have Alice in Wonderland. You have these characters that were kind of released 15 to 30 years before the park opens. 1950, exactly. Okay. Back to you. 21 years. Yep. 21 years prior to the park open. Right. The nostalgia wasn't there for the 20-something at that point, where the nostalgia came from was the parents telling the stories of seeing those movies. And the parents remembering. I don't know. So, I mean, I saw Cinderella when I, when I, was, when I was a kid. My kids have seen Cinderella when they were kids. Like, I don't, I don't know. If, so what I, what I said was the Iconics are never going to go anywhere. And you're mentioning the Iconics like... Like the iconics are just a fabric of, of like, youth at this point. You're going to watch Snow White. You're going to watch Cinderella, but if you talk about like again, if you talk about something like Twilight Zone, that's fading into oblivion. If you talk, you know, um, 
you know, Maelstrom going to Frozen, that ride now sees hundreds of times the number of people on it than it ever has when it was Maelstrom. Will I argue that Maelstrom was a fantastic exploration into like Norse Viking culture? Yes, it was amazing. But if you talk about Disney as an amusement property and Disney as an experience, I would argue that the Disney experience is far better being able to ride Frozen than it was to ride an immersive Norse culture ride. In the same way that I cannot wait for them to rip apart the scenery of three caballeros and turn it into Coco. I, I think that would be a much more enjoyable ride and it would it would absolutely raise the bar. Now, like you're saying though, where does it stop? Because if Coco takes over Mexico, Frozen's taken over Norway, at what point, you know, you've got the meet and greet for Snow White in Germany, Mulan in China, you, you've got all of these things around the world showcase. At what point does the miraculous aspect of the world showcase being a place in America where you can immerse yourself in these other nations' cultures, where does that get dumbed down or lost, right? Where where does it all of a sudden become about getting into the Ratatouille ride versus yeah. enjoying the fact that it literally looks like you're walking down the streets of Paris? Yeah, that, that that's the issue that I have is – I think I think you lose the effect of the theming when the destination's more important than the journey. Yes, I think that um and to that point like the Zootopia thing, like I said, if if they're putting in a Zootopia attraction, cool, whatever, that's fine. Um you know, especially if they put it like off to the side where it's to the left of Lion King before the bridge over to Pandora. Okay, fine. I would be walking specifically to go on that. It doesn't really take away from my Africa and Asia continent. Yeah. But if they put it anywhere in that middle area, they would do a really big detriment to what the animal kingdom is. Correct. Discovery Island, Africa, Asia area. Yeah. Uh, Just like dinosaur, you know, the dinosaur area is kind of off to the side. Pandora is remarkable to come and come across that bridge and like see it rise up into the yeah yeah well i um i don't know but it but again i do think there are things that it's okay um at the end of the day they they have to keep moving it forward or it becomes dull right how many how many times do you and i go and the reason we keep going is because there's something new there's a new festival. There's a new ride. There's a new dining experience. There's a new. Yeah, it... I mean that that's part that's part of it, but we also go because, you know, we still got little kids that we enjoy seeing on the teacups and riding Dumbo with and going on pirates with and enjoying some of the classics that have been there forever. Yeah, fully because it, it's something that you know, for me as a kid, I didn't I I didn't get a chance to do. But I get to kind of relive it through them. So, and, you know, as I get older and hopefully my kids have kids, I want to do it all again with their kids and see it through their eyes and, and introduce them to these things as well. And and I think that's more where I think 
the nostalgia part comes in is at what point does the grumpy old guy yelling that they rethemed one of his favorite rides just get old? What do you mean? The guy gets older, the whining about it gets old. The whining about it gets old. I mean, we go through it with every ride change. Yeah. Anytime Disney changes a facial feature on a bird, somebody throws a stink about it. I mean, well, that I, guess it, I guess it is what it is, but, you know, if they start really messing with the parks and taking away from what makes each park unique, we're going to end up with a bunch of Magic Kingdoms. Yes, and I, I that would be my biggest concern as well because, I mean, I, I love Magic Kingdom. It is magical. It is amazing. I love going through there with my kids. But at this point, with the number of times I've been to Disney, it is the park that I look forward to the least as um, in terms of like, enjoyment because i know that when i go to magic kingdom i feel like i got to be on the go right like nope nope let's go let's go let's go yep okay we'll sit down for our meal but hurry up check please yes while you're bringing the desserts great (laughs) why am i sitting here for another five minutes waiting like you know you're just sitting there and i feel like every moment i'm in magic kingdom it's oh my gosh oh my gosh what am i missing what am i missing what am i missing yeah um and i agree that So Hollywood Studios, I can still sit back and relax. I enjoy going into Galaxy's Edge, grabbing some food or a drink, sitting out at a table, watching the the enter, you know, the cast members of Ray and Chewbacca and Stormtroopers and you know, whatever else. Um, I enjoy grabbing some drinks and sitting outside ABC Commissary, just relaxing and having some popcorn because Sure, there are things I could be doing, but I've done them. You know, I've already, you know, I pounded the gates to get over to Slinky Dog Dash. I I know that I'm going to grab Mickey Minnie at the end of the day. We we rode Tower of Terror before the park was even open. You know, like there are, there's not so much there that you feel like you have to go, 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 go. Um and I, I agree with you. I where like Animal Kingdom. I love that I can go to Animal Kingdom, do everything, and it's three in the afternoon. Yeah, and and, and Animal Kingdom's that way. Epcot is still that way, but you add two more big ticket attractions in Ratatouille and in Guardians. Yep. That park starts to get hard to do in a day. Oh, I, I don't yeah. Um once these two attractions, I would strongly I already recommend that families spend two days at Epcot uh, if it's during a festival. Yeah. Because like when we go down there, we spend a day on rides and then we spend a day in world showcase because you need that. You do. And you're, you're absolutely right. But maybe that's it as well, because how many people go down there for, you know, a week at a time, like we do, you know, um, sure, there's still those people that go down there for like one one park per day, four days we're done. And but then there's other people that go down there for two weeks and go to the park nine times and mm-hmm. you know, so you need the parks 
to be big enough with enough stuff to hold all of these people and to allow individuals to be able to go down for a week and not do the same thing twice if they don't want to. Yeah. And I think Shannon put a comment on here. I I think she makes a pretty, a pretty good point. She goes, they can't put all the fantasy characters at magic kingdom. They need to disperse the crowd somehow, even though they might fit better at magic kingdom. Lots of people just like to complain about wait times for rides. So they have to get people to the other parks. Yeah. And that's, that's part of like the creating the Moana journey of water, right? That creates an attraction that people will spend time at. Yeah. Putting Guardians of the Galaxy puts two, you know, puts, I don't know, a thousand some odd people in line for it every moment of every day. Yeah. Um, Ratatouille, same thing. So you sit there and you look at Epcot on a Friday during a festival. Would it be great if we could disperse the crowd a little bit and pull them to the extremes and the corners of the park? Yes, that would be fantastic if we could do that. Yeah. And you have that same thing with Magic Kingdom, but then you have like Magic Kingdom, it's it's it got to the point where Magic Kingdom was saturated. Even in the low times, it was saturated. Uh, so now you you have these other three parks upping their game to pull crowd size. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, uh, do you have anything else for this week? Any news that you've seen that we haven't touched? Um, I, I remember reading something this morning. Let me check real quick and see. Walt Disney in the Garden of Heroes. No. Uh, I must have gotten rid of it. It must not have been that exciting. <laughs> Well, I remember reading it, and I, I remember thinking to myself when I read it, I was like, yeah, duh. I, so I don't, I don't know what it was. Yeah, I, there's – honestly, there's not a lot going on, but there's still a constant news cycle that – there just seems to be constantly stuff going on. They put another barge into the Epcot Lake, uh, into the World Showcase Lagoon. So um, they keep moving that forward. Just a lot of stuff going on. If if you saw the pictures of Spaceship Earth without the projected lights on it over the weekend, that looked unbelievable. Just to see it silver at night was crazy. Um, so a lot going on. Um, so definitely stay with the pages at DPI Podcast on Facebook at Disney Insights on Twitter. And if you do have any travel questions, Peter's available over at at P-A-T-M Disney Travel. And that's going to be on Facebook as well. So I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, Stay safe out there. Get your vaccination if that's what you want to do. And um, go Penguins tonight, even though I hear my wife downstairs cussing. So that means that the Capitals are probably winning. Okay, wait, I just remember what I read. Um, Disney Cruise Line just released a brand new, like, Seattle, like, north of Seattle area. Oh, that two-day. Yeah, but just a quick comment on that. The fact that they're making a brand new cruise, I I feel like that bodes pretty well for our for our, our previous conversation about cruise. I did remember what it was. It was, it was the fact that, Disney just made a brand new cruise that is being able to be booked in July 
why would they do that if they're not optimistic? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, sorry, sorry. Back to the social media and tag. <laughs> and like that. All right. That and things are bad and Juju's on TikTok. And hey, 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 don't even start with uh, AB Junior Junior. AB Junior Junior. Uh. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you everybody for watching tonight. Um, stay safe out there and we'll see you guys at the parks real soon. As soon as I can find my thing, I'll say bye now. <laughs> Who knows where it is? I have no clue. Uh, this guy needs his slide deck back. Oh my gosh, I was closing stuff down and I almost closed you.